to the 25-yard line end-of-season awards show. I'm your host, Steve Johnson, here at the end of the 2020 fantasy football season. I've got Grant Freeman here with me as he's been all year to this point. Grant, welcome to the end of the year. Steven, it's incredible that we managed to get here. Um, I think if you had looked at any of us at the beginning of the season and asked if we were going to play a full season, I don't think any of us would have thought that we were going to get there. But here we are. We're here. We've we're, made it. We're we've arrived. Seen a lot of championships won. Yeah, all we. I don't know if all of your leagues were the same, but you know, I know in the leagues that you and I were in together, there were so many conversations about contingencies of what do we do with prize money and things like that. If the yep. season gets cut short, that's going to be lame. We all bought in, and <laughs> it, the season ends out of nowhere. And yeah. what do we do? Does is it just do we do the order of standings right there? Mm-hmm. Do we make another way to determine a winner? Do we roll the, <laughs> the prize money over to next year? We spent so much time talking about that, and now oh, here yeah. we are at the end of the season. And most leagues either concluded this past weekend or are concluding this coming weekend. Yep. How did your season end? Are you do you have any new trophies on your mantle? How how did the end of the year go for you in such a crazy year? You know, I am going to end up with no trophies on the mantle this season. I wow. guess the one bright spot is that I didn't finish in last in any leagues, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um the other disappointing thing was uh last week being eliminated by the playoffs by you want to know how many points? How many? Point zero four points. Oh not, not, my god! Not half a point. Four one hundredths of a point. Oh all my because gosh. Eric Ebron didn't catch a ball against the Bengals, and the Steelers' defense just managed to like play good enough to keep them from losing enough points to give me the wow. Win. That's like a quarterback completing one pass for for a few yards away. Oh my gosh, that's brutal. When's the last time you had a zero championship season? It's been a while, hasn't it? Um uh, yeah, I guess uh if we're really thinking about it, it's been about 3 years since I had a zero championship season. Wow. That's disappointing. Well, I'm I'm sitting on cloud 9 this morning. You and I play in in our dynasty league together, the armchair quarterbacks. This yep. is our 6th season of that league which spawned from a previous league. That, that we were playing in before that ran for about two years and so about about eight years and i i got the the title this past weekend on the on the back of alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Kamara. yeah it was it was a crazy i'll get in a little bit more later in the show but it it feels good to to finally take home a trophy in that league. <laughs> so I'm sitting on cloud nine in that league. I was up against last year's champion in the finals. And he, even with Alvin Kamara, it was a very close game. He fought me really hard. I was sweating bullets coming into <laughs> the Packers game, watching Devonte Adams just catch touchdown after just touchdown. Have a night. I, I went from feeling very confident that I was going to win to being really, really, really concerned <laughs> and really, really, really angry at Matt LaFleur for not giving Aaron Jones the ball a few more times. Right. Well, coming up today on the show, we are going to go through some end of season awards, looking back over the year and talking about some players that stood out at their position and and crowning a a league MVP for the season, among other things. But before we get into that, just a little bit of news of note to discuss. We are closing in on week 17 of the NFL season, and this is always a really awkward week. And one of the topics we'll get into in the offseason with some episodes is the conversation of how to set your league up and do you run 16 weeks or 17 weeks. And uh, so uh, some of you listening out there, maybe you're just listening for fun and your your leagues are done and you have nothing going on this week. You just get to sit on the couch and watch some football. Uh, maybe you're you're still in the second half of a playoff mm-hmm. week uh, yep. trying to finish out and get a trophy. But one of the reasons that I am a supporter, and I think you agree with me on this one, that one of the reasons I'm a supporter of leagues ending after week 16 is some scenarios we're about to talk about. 
that in week 17, we don't always see all of our players playing. Yeah. So we're going to look real quickly just at a couple of the playoff scenarios coming up from an NFL standpoint. As much as I would love to just sit here and talk about all of the <laughs> implications, there's some really, really fun some playoff really implications fun out there. That maybe we'll talk about a couple of them. But overall, a few teams have already committed that they may not be starting all yep. of their regular players. So why don't you give us a couple of those teams that maybe aren't going to be playing all of their players this coming weekend in week 17 because they either want to rest up for the playoffs or because they've already clinched their playoff position yeah so the first one there is going to be um the the Steelers are going to actually rest Ben Roethlisberger this week Mm -hmm. um and start Mason Rudolph and as of right now um Mike Tomlin has only given Roethlisberger's name as the guy that he's going to rest, um, but he's not opposed to resting somebody, some of these other guys. Um, so that would be definitely something interesting to see. Um, I know a lot of people were kind of running with Juju and Deontay Johnson and even Chase Claypool, um, James Conner as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see because the Steelers are still fighting for the second spot in the AFC. So it would be interesting to see if Tomlin ends up doing that um, because they are in such a close fight for the second spot. Um, Another team that is doing something similar is going to be the chiefs. Um, Mm -hmm. As of right now, we don't know what those names, who those names are. Um, But Andy Reid has been quoted as saying they are going to rest some of their starters this week. Um, And he went as far as saying, if Patrick Mahomes sits, Chad Henney is going to be the starter, which sounds to me like coach speak for, Chad Patrick Mahomes, be the starter. Patrick Mahomes yeah. isn't playing. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the only team that I think you and I are both on the same page of. They're the only ones that really can get away with doing this um, because they've already learned, they've already locked up the number one seed in the AFC. They don't have to worry about it. They've got home field advantage for the entire playoffs. So even if they lose this weekend, there's no, there's no consequence to their playoff standing. Yeah, and historically, Andy Reid has always been comfortable benching players when playoff seating is already clinched. He's done it many times in his career before, and this is absolutely a situation where if Patrick Mahomes is my quarterback, even if, like, as crazy as this sounds and as frustrating as it is, even if Andy Reid says, you know, like, Patrick's going to start the game, I'll be surprised if he plays four quarters. Yeah. So even guys like Tyreek Hill. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, maybe Edwards Hilaire plays a full game just because he's a rookie. But and he was I'll out with su- that injury last week. Yeah. I'll be surprised if we see I'll be surprised if we see any of the big name Chiefs guys playing yeah. four. On the Steelers, how much does this affect guys? If Mason Rudolph is starting, do you think Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju, James Connor, if we still see the rest of the big name guys on that team? How are you feeling about them? Are you still I mean, starting Connor, near all the receivers? James Conner is about the only guy that I would feel trust starting. I don't trust the receivers with Rudolph at the helm. I mean, and it showed last season um, with kind of how poorly Rudolph played in the games yeah. that he did play um, and how flip-floppy Tomlin was on who he on who his starting quarterback was for this for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think if if Mason Rudolph is in the game, then that means that maybe they leave a little lean a little heavier on James Conner, and you like that. But he also Conner looked terrible this last week. It was yeah. he was saved by a touchdown, but there's there's a good chance that James Conner's game hurts you in the first round of the yeah. championship. So I understand if you are nervous to slot him out there again. If you don't have other options, I'm still comfortable starting him in that flex position. Yeah. He salvaged he salvaged a, a 17 point game, which was good, but five carries for 20 yards. Yeah, that's that's something that you really don't like in a championship game. So look out for that going forward. Well, we are still going to talk about a standout player of the week, and this is probably one of the biggest uh, biggest weeks for a player to have a standout because if you are still in the championship, 
one player's big game can really set you over the edge. So who is your standout player of the week? Yeah, you know, this guy more than likely um, won um, almost everybody their championship this week um, with the 40 points that he put up last night. It's Stephon Diggs. I mean, Mm -hmm. 11 targets, nine catches, 145 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, I I'm I'm in a league with um with a buddy of ours, Steven, who was on our uh, midseason redraft podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy who won that league, his starting lineup had Rogers, Diggs, and Kamara. Like that, <laughs> you just don't lose that game. <laughs> You're not going to lose that game. Um, and yeah, so it was it. it his his championship was kind of assumed before last night's game, um, but last night's game was the like cherry on the top uh, wow. <laughs> for yeah. it. You just feel bad for the opponent in that situation. What a great game for Diggs and what you, in such a key moment. Yeah, and you just love to see that from a player who who was in a high powered offense and had kind of taken mm-hmm. a back seat and. And got to move to a new situation and really just just stand out as an absolute stud wide oh, receiver yeah. one. Without a doubt. So Diggs has been a rock star all season. I'll, I'll give a little spoiler. He may come up a little bit later in the show. But uh, what a what a great play. Um, yeah. Well, my my standout player of the week, I dibsed him early on because he he won me a championship. And that's Alvin <laughs> Kamara. 22 carries for 155 yards and six touchdowns. That's right. Six touchdowns, tying an NFL record, three receptions for 17 yards for a total of 56.2 fantasy points. And what's crazy is if not, if he had, he not been thwarted by Sean Payton, that would have been even, even higher because he, he drove the ball down the field only to be put on the sideline for Taysom Hill to run in the the seventh rushing touchdown of that game. Yeah. Like Sean Payton's love for Taysom Hill is a little frustrating in this case because Alvin Alvin Kamara could have had the like single fantasy record for most points in a fantasy game, but Sean Payton just likes Taysom Hill too much. I know. Oh, so frustrating. He he could have had seven. And that, of course, would have been the sixth touchdown right there. He ended up scoring again later after that to get his sixth touchdown. But just such a such a phenomenal week. And it was it was so much fun. And let me let me walk you through the roster of this matchup in this championship game, because I had some players really, really let me down here. And that's <sighs> uh, it. <laughs> I almost I almost didn't pull off a championship because of <laughs> who who my opponent had on their team. So Kyler Murray really let me down. I mean he he, yep. he definitely pulled off um you know at least some points, but it's <laughs> I just got completely let down by Kyler Murray. Aaron Jones completely let me down in this yep. team. Um I'm trying to pull my matchup up, but ESPN Fantasy decided just now to freak out and start showing me last year's games. Uh, uh, but I've yeah, got it up so. now. So Kyler Murray, 14 points. Aaron Jones, 12 points. And then DJ Moore let me down for eight points. I, I had Antonio Gibson put up nine points for me. Fortunately, Allen Robinson, CD Lamb, Darren Waller all had all had great games. But I was up against Zeke, who had... You know, good for how Zeke has played this year with 17 points. Yeah. Calvin Ridley put up 18. And then my opponent picked up and slotted in Nelson Aguilar this week to my <laughs> frustration, who has his best week of the season, five for 155 and a touchdown, 26 points. And Devontae Adams for 43 points, 11 receptions for 142 yards, three touchdowns. Well, um, I want to know sweating you know bullets the, in that you know last crazy game. Thing? You want to know the crazier thing? He 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 sat Deshaun Watson and AJ Dillon. Uh huh. Yep. Which I agree with those decisions going into that game. I would have done the same thing <laughs> in his shoes, but it was those it was those players away from 
from me yep. losing with Kamara on my team. But Alvin Kamara, just just rock star performance by him. And uh, it also showed me that you should never bench Jameson Crowder after you spend all season talking him up. <laughs> I put Antonio Gibson in over Crowder, and I could have uh, I could have had a wider gap and felt more comfortable with that. But I know. Live the fact that you, Mr. Jameson Crowder hype train, Bench Jameson Crowder this week was moderately hilarious because you should have known that they were playing the Browns and the Browns are I, always going to Brown. I should have. I'm just so high in Antonio Gibson as well that I saw he was healthy and wanted to slot him in. I, I don't think I'll do that again. <laughs> well, let's move on to our main topic of the show. And these are our end of season awards. So what we are going to do is go position by position and talk about some of the considerations of what made each of these players seasons so significant but who was the who was the mvp at each position and then we'll crown a couple other awards including the fantasy football mvp in our eyes this season so let's start with quarterback walk us through some of the considerations that we had for best quarterback in fantasy football this year and before yes. before we get through that i just want to make a quick note that these considerations are all um, obviously all of these guys are going to finish around the top three to five at their position, but yep. we're not making our decisions simply based on finishing one, two, three, four, five, wherever they finish. But a big consideration here has to do with uh, where they were drafted and where they ended up coming into the season. Of course, obviously the people that are winning at each position are going to be uh, at the top of their position, but we're, we're taking consideration for where they were drafted so for example yep. as we get into quarterback patrick mahomes was drafted at number one didn't finish at number one so even though he had an incredible season we're not really mm -hmm. considering him in there if that makes any sense i'm sorry i interrupted take it away grant <laughs> well one of the guys on that quarterback list that we uh do like um and that um actually really showed up and showed out um this season uh gonna be aaron Rodgers. um yeah over four thousand yards the ridiculous stat line is he threw 44 touchdowns and only five interceptions. Yeah, there wasn't crazy. another quarterback close um, when it came to touchdowns this season. Uh, Mahomes had 38, Wilson had 38, um, Josh Allen had 34. But like outside of that, he was the only guy to break the the 40 the 40 touchdown barrier mm -hmm. before the final two weeks of the season. Um, like that's 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 where he comes in um averaged about 23 24 points a game um in ESPN standard scoring uh going to finish with a healthy um 300 uh 350 plus points this season um and so he and this is he, before he whatever he's going to do in week 17 exactly um he was a guy that was kind of came into the season roughly kind of average draft position was kind of that 10 to 12 range. Um, and I, he has, he, he kind of took that and was like, you know, I'm just going to use that as my bulletin to board material and go out and have some fun. And, mm -hmm. and he, he really did that. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Another guy in this conversation is Kyler Murray, who uh, had a, another great year. We were talking earlier this season about, I was making a case for him as the number one quarterback in fantasy earlier in the year. The, the rushing is just so good. Depending on what he does this week, he, he may possibly with his injury. We'll see. I don't think this is likely to happen, but it is still possible for him to break Cam Newton's rushing touchdown record by a quarterback. Uh, it could happen mm -hmm. if he goes off in week 17 again, probably not likely the reason he's not getting the nod and we'll get to the winner in a second uh, is because of his drop off towards the end of the season early yeah. in the season, absolute stud fell off towards the end of the season. And like I mentioned earlier, he could have lost me a championship if not for Alvin Kamara being in my starting lineup. Yeah. The Cardinals really did fall off there at the end of the season. And I think that was surprising more than anything else for an offense that was so fantasy friendly for so long this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really interesting drop off. But again, Kyler Murray still awesome year. He's still finishing 
as the as of right now he's the number two quarterback in ESPN. We'll see what happens yep. in week seventeen, but but you would you would expect him to finish as a top three quarterback this season. Great season. He again, if not for his drop off towards the end of the season, I'd be making a strong case for him mm-hmm. as quarterback MVP. But the quarterback MVP we are selecting this week is Grant. It's going to be Josh Allen. I mean, the man has been methodical this season. Um, Currently quarterback number one in the ESPN standard. He has had six games of 30-plus points this season. It's just crazy. If you were looking for a quarterback um, this offseason that you were kind of hoping for to look in in the draft, he was the guy. Um, He came in this season, and there was a lot of doubt on whether or not he was going to be able to kind of to pick up uh, the success that they had last season and really run with it. Um, mm-hmm. And he blew all of that out of the water, um, throwing for 38, 34 touchdowns, nine interceptions, um, over 4,000 yards. I mean, had another eight touchdowns um, rushing this season. Um, mm-hmm. So he was doing it all. He was he was airing it out. He was using his legs. He was a guy that um, probably won people a lot of leagues this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with the game that he pulled off this this week in week 16. And one of the reasons that gives him that nod is he's right up there in terms of points per game with Patrick Mahomes. And we're looking at just a, on the season so far in ESPN standard scoring, we're looking at about two and a half points separating them. But Patrick yeah. Mahomes was was the number one quarterback in almost every draft that I was a part of. He, yep. he was going in the first round, second round. You you were rarely seeing him go as late as the third round in any draft, whereas Josh Allen was a lot further back in, in kind of that fifth, sixth, seventh quarterback range. Yeah. And he finished right up there where Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray did. Yep. So good job, Josh Allen. Walk us through some of our running back candidates now. Yeah, running back candidate. First one on the list there uh, for us, going to be Dalvin Cook. I mean, mm-hmm. the man was methodical. The He he had a fairly injury-free season this year, um, which was super helpful for him. Um, yeah, ended up coming in. the games in. where he did leave the game, he would, would either come back yep. that game or be back the following week. He did have some scares, yeah. but didn't miss really time. No. Um, so, yeah, he um, over 300 carries, 1,500 yards on the ground, 16 touchdowns, um, added another 44 catches for 360 yards um, and a touchdown. Um, so he was a guy that in in an offense that surprisingly enough was kind of meh this season. He had a lot of consistency um, mm-hmm. and was a guy that um, – a lot of fantasy teams were able to trust this season. Yeah, absolutely. Tremendous play, zero single digit games in games that he played, even games where he left and missed some time uh, early yeah. in that game. Um, whether he came back or not, he didn't have, he didn't have a single game where he played and put up single digit points. He did miss one game in week six uh, mm-hmm. at home to Atlanta. But other than that, you're, you're looking at probably seeing 16 or 15 yeah. games um out of him this season which is really good considering the injury history that he's had and really really consistent averaging close to 25 points a game dalvin cook had a tremendous year um, as did another player that we strongly considered and that's derrick henry yep Um, coming off of a a great finish to the season last year he he kind of picked up where he left off he was a little bit more streaky than Dalvin Cook, and that's why yep. he, he is probably after him in that conversation. But still, he's currently sitting as the number three running back in fantasy, averaging close to 20 points a game. And the big standout for me with him is he's got two games with 38 or more fantasy points, three games with 36 or more. So he he even though he did have more single-digit games, than Mm -hmm. Dalvin Cook, which is frustrating in those situations. He also had so many of these just explosive games where he would just go off and and absolutely dominate the other team. 
And I think if you were able to pair him on your team with a more steady running back where you're able to tolerate some of those streaky single-digit games, then there's a good chance that Derrick Henry helped get you all the way up to your championship. Yeah, without a doubt. And the winner uh, of the running back, uh, MVP at the running back position this season, though, even considering how good Dalvin Cook and and uh, Derrick Henry were. Derrick Henry were. The winner was... Alvin Kamara. I mean, he... So to give you an idea of how we were looking at this, like, we weren't just looking at stats, we were also looking at fantasy points overall. As of right now, he's got a full 40-point lead over Dalvin Cook. Which like, is crazy. That's, that's how, even with Drew Brees getting hurt there in the middle mm-hmm. of the season and kind of hurting his value for a couple of games, like... The man was consistent and methodical. 187 carries, almost 900 plus yards, 16 touchdowns, added of another almost 800 yards receiving and another five touchdowns there. Mm-hmm. Like averaging 25 points a game, like you have that that stats and it's incredible um, yeah. to see him just put that number up. We were looking, we were looking to see how close Alvin Kamara was to Christian McCaffrey last year. What's crazy to to believe is that even this season for for Kamara, it's still almost like it's still almost a hundred points off from what Christian McCaffrey did last year. That just like, tells you how good McCaffrey was yeah. last year and what he yeah. could do next year. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Kamara this season one one game of single digit points. Denver in week twelve six point two points. He played yeah. every game this season which was just incredible. Two games of, of 44 more points. He was regularly scoring you over 20 points. He was just yep. so deadly in the, in the passing game as well as running the ball. He was averaging over 25 points a game. There was just su- He was just so dominant at the position. And you're right, even with the little stretch when Drew Brees went out where – and. You know, there there were there was some concern at one point with Latavius Murray really creeping into the snap count there, and that was super yeah. frustrating to watch as an Alvin Kamara owner. But even considering all that, you just could not stop Alvin Kamara on the field. No. Every time he touched the ball, he had a chance to take it to the house. And oh yeah. He he was a league winner. League winner at the running back position. Yep. Well, let's move on to uh, let's move on to the wide receiver position, and one of the people we were considering there was Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. wide receiver for the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill um, ends the season again as as a highly rated wide receiver. Of course, he was drafted really high as well, but he's at this point sitting at the number two wide receiver, even with some slow weeks later in the season. Uh, mm-hmm. but averaging over 21 points a game he he's just yeah. he's just a talented player and i'll i will admit early in the season i was a little lower on tyreek hill so okay. i i owned him in zero leagues i i was definitely not steering into the tyreek yeah. hill hype I train I and, yeah i will admit i was wrong tyreek hill had a great year and uh, going forward i think he's a guy that can be leaned on yep yeah, without a doubt, um, he was another guy that if you were looking for consistency at the wide receiver position, like he he gives it every year. Every year you can count on him to be um, a top five wide receiver um, with Patrick Mahomes at the helm now um, taking over that offense. Like his his value is there, um, and he's going to have a lot of long term value here over the next couple of years for them Mm -hmm. um another guy um on our list for consideration uh gonna be talked about a little bit earlier stefan diggs i mean the man was methodical this season 120 catches almost 1500 yards eight touchdowns averaged almost 20 points a game almost 21 points a game i mean the the crazy thing is is that even with that game he's he's still going to finish almost a full 30 points behind the guy that we that we do like for our mvp um mm-hmm. this season which which shows you just how good this this next player was and that player is devonte adams 
what a stud. He even missed time leaving week two early yep. and missing weeks three and four. He, he, a lot of teams, I think, that drafted Devontae Adams started the season a little concerned. I know I had him in one league and, and I was, I was really I, concerned. I traded him away. I traded him away in a league. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, you feel real silly. <laughs> I do. Because, because the value I got back was real painful this season. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, here's what's crazy. He's the number one wide receiver in fantasy, even though he missed time. In yeah. points per game, he's averaging 26.3 points per game, yes, which is unheard of at the wide receiver position. Just any time Devontae Adams was on the field, he was such a threat. He is one of the best route runners in football, I think. he. There's just so many plays. Watching, watching the Packers play, there's so oh. many plays where Devontae Adams catches the ball and he's just got no defenders around him. And you're thinking, oh, like, did they just not cover him? And you watch the replay and realize he's just that good of a route runner that he was able to shake guys so quickly that he was able to get such separation. Yeah. And it, it's just, he's a fun player to watch as a Bears fan. He's a really frustrating player to watch because <laughs> yeah. he's just that good. And yeah. I, I listened to an interview with him a few years back. Uh, where he he was asked basically so like obviously you're one of the better wide receivers in football but you're never really in that conversation how does that make you feel and his response just made me gain so much respect for him as a player where he he basically said like well if they don't think I'm one of the best I see more single coverage so I'm okay with that (laughs) I, I think I think that time of his career is over. I think it's obvious that he's an elite wide receiver. And this season was just absolutely dominant. As long as his early troubles didn't get you out of playoff consideration in the first few Mm -hmm. weeks, then he again was another guy that was a league winner. Well, and what's funny with him is like the amount of times that you would still see single coverage on him. Like it's, it's like these teams just don't just don't like listen. They don't pay attention. It's like you, if you put single coverage on Devontae Adams, he's going to burn you every time. And the best part is when the best part is, is when, when Aaron Rodgers gets one of his free plays from getting the defense to mm-hmm. come off, come yep. off sides. He always looks for Devontae Adams yep. because yeah. that's where he looks. Yeah. And the trust you can just see is there with the amount yep. of times you see Aaron Rodgers, who's like, obviously looking at the interception count in his career he's a really safe quarterback he doesn't force a lot of throws unless he's going for Devontae Adams the amount of times that he throws the ball into triple coverage to Devontae Adams and Devontae still catches the ball is is just insane well yeah and I mean if you're looking at Aaron Rodgers and you want to know about how safe he is He's the he's the guy he's the only guy to get 400 plus touchdown passes with less than 100 interceptions. That's crazy, absolutely crazy. Well, let's move on to our favorite position in fantasy football, <laughs> and that is the tight end position. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time here. Um, why don't you just take both these names, Grant? There, there's a clear winner and there's a clear second place here, and then. <laughs> I guess why don't why don't you take these two these two players and and let, I'll I'll talk about the other people that aren't in consideration a little. <laughs> yeah, so the uh the two guys for tight end uh best in tight end position um and it's not even close. Uh Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey. Um Darren Waller 98 catches, over 1000 yards, eight touchdowns. Um was was the tried and true um receiver target for Derek Carr this season um and it showed um but and he got you roughly around 16 average about 16 fantasy points a game uh for about two so far for about 250 points this season the insane thing is that Travis Kelsey is going to end up finishing like a whole 60 points ahead of 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 Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how good Travis Kelsey is. Yeah. Um 
105 receptions, almost 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns. He's averaged averaged basically 20 points a game, 21 points a game. I mean, he the as you and I always say, the tight end position is about three players. It's Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle. George Kittle was hurt all season, so it was Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. And if you had Travis Kelsey, you were great because you just didn't have to worry about the tight end position all season because he was going to get you 20 points a game. Like, that's how good he is. Yeah. So here's here's I'm going to give you two crazy stats here before I move on to talking about some of the other players. Uh, Travis Kelsey as a tight end at this moment right now is only about 40 yards behind Stefan Diggs for <laughs> receiving yards in the NFL before Stefan Diggs's crazy game. It was incredibly conceivable that a tight end would lead the league in league. receiving yards yeah. more than any wide receiver. Travis Kelsey <laughs> It, it it was a very real possibility coming into this week that he would finish the season yeah. leading the NFL in receiving yards. Obviously, I'll I'll be surprised if Kelsey plays, and if he does, he's going to be on a very limited snap count this coming weekend. So yeah. I don't think he's going to overtake Stephon Diggs, especially because the Bills are still playing for the number two seed in the AFC. Um, so I don't think we'll get there. But the fact that that was a a legitimate conversation coming into this week tells you a lot about Travis Kelsey as a player. And you alluded to this a little bit. And this is why Grant and I are saying, like, were there other tight ends that were impressive this year? Absolutely. There were some other good players. TJ Hawkinson, Robert Tanyan, Logan Thomas kind of came out of nowhere to really, really step up and ended the season as a top five tight end. And like, more power to those players. They had some great years. They were really fun to watch. Hawkinson and Tanyan were super fun to watch this year. It was great seeing Gronk on the field again. Differential on those guys, Steven. Um, so Travis Kelsey, 312 fantasy points. You have to go almost 60 points down to get to Darren Waller, 251.9 fantasy points. And then we are looking at over 80 <laughs> fantasy points before you get to TJ Hawkinson at three, 169.8 fantasy points. There's, there's just not a comparison here. There's Travis Kelsey. There is Darren Waller. And then after that, TJ Hawkinson, Robert Tanyan, Logan Thomas are all within six points of each other when you get to that. And this is what Grant and I mean all season when we say that there is two guys, three guys, and then a lot of the same after that. Yep. Well, let's move on to the most important award of the afternoon, and that is going to be our MVP award, our most valuable player yep. of the 2020 fantasy football season. Uh, before we officially name a winner, we're not going to get into a bunch of details on these guys because obviously all of them were already discussed on the show, but yep. who were a couple of our considerations for the MVP award? Yeah, a couple of our considerations. Obviously, Josh Allen um, managing to really um, solidify his way into that quarterback one this season um, and really showing up and showing impressing for Buffalo Bills fans and fantasy owners alike this season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, Devontae Adams was another consideration because of his absolute domination at the wide receiver position. However, yep. the award could really only go to one player, and that player was Alvin Kamara. Absolutely, without a doubt. Yeah, his his dominance all season got a lot of teams to the championship, I believe, yep. and then he stepped up in the championship. Mm-hmm. And a lot of teams that won this season, I think, probably won because Alvin Kamara was on their roster. Oh yeah, without a doubt. So congratulations, Alvin Kamara, on an incredible fantasy football season. Uh, But now we're going to get to uh, a different type of award with some players that we haven't discussed yet. And this is going to be the least valuable player award. So this award, uh, we're talking about players who were, um, whether you want to call them 
draft day busts or players that just underperformed what their expectations yeah. were. We're going to look at three players who had very high expectations coming into the season and whether mm-hmm. for injury or otherwise reasons, uh, they just did not perform anywhere near the draft day expectation. There were a yeah. lot of considerations for this. There really we're gonna, were. We're going to try to narrow it down to three here. And, and so I, I, I know go ahead and tweet at us with the other people we should have considered <laughs> for least valuable player, because I'm sure there are a lot of emotions driven into this. These are players <laughs> that if they are on your team, there's a good chance you didn't make playoffs. Definitely didn't make a championship without yeah. them. So why don't you walk us through some of the considerations for the least valuable player award? Yeah. One of the guys that makes this list and not because of his anything to do on his part, more because of the injuries that he did sustain this season. I mean, George Kittle, mm-hmm. um, he is a guy that after last season, everybody was too, the, the hype is there and the hype is real. Yeah. Um, and he's a guy that you could trust the hype around because that's just how good of a player that he is. Um, but the injuries this season were just were just super heartbreaking for him. Um, got hurt there at the beginning of the season, sat out a few games, came back for a game, and then immediately got hurt again. Um, just wasn't able to have the production that you um, where you probably drafted him because um, mm-hmm. I think he was drafted late second, early third round, in, in a lot of leagues. in a lot of leagues, um, he was going before he, Darren Waller in in most he, of the drafts was that going, I was a part yeah, of. Yeah, it was it was it it was the the way that everything kind of shook out was that he and Travis Kelsey were one and two off the board in some yeah. sort of combination. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and seeing Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz go after him even before Darren Waller, which again is why yep. that was so significant, but. Another player that is in the least valuable player conversation is Kenny Galladay. And this mm-hmm. is a similar situation. He just battled injuries all season. When he was on the yeah. field, he was really good. The, he played five games week eight uh, at home to Indianapolis. He left the game early and had done nothing before mm-hmm. that. You see zero points there. But 17 points, 16 points, 14 points, 17 points. He yeah. was fine when he was on the field. But he was drafted on average as a wide receiver one. He in ESPN yep. he was uh, the his average draft position in ESPN was not wide receiver nine. He mm-hmm. was going as the top ten wide receiver ahead of guys like DJ Moore and Allen Robinson and Calvin Ridley. Yeah, uh, again ahead of AJ Brown, Robert Woods, ahead of Keenan Allen, ahead of DK Metcalf. These are <laughs> players that he went ahead of, and again, no fault of his own. He was just plagued with injuries all year. Yeah. One of the things that made it so frustrating, though, is how often he practiced and carried the questionable tag. So I, oh I, own, I own Kenny Galladay in one league, and it was so frustrating because of all the times I would see that like he would turn in a practice yep. and yep. he was questionable. So I would slot him into my starting lineup. And then later in the week, I would pull him out of my starting lineup. And then the next week, I would slot him into my starting lineup. And the following week, I would pull him out. And he just barely saw the field this season. And he yeah. was just so injury-plagued all year. You hope that there, whatever needs to be done in the offseason to get him healthy is yeah. done so that we can see him next season. But as of this season, uh, he was wide receiver 101. Ugh. Wide receiver 101 in scoring after after being drafted as a top 10 wide receiver. And one of the things that you see that made it so disappointing is he's still 82 and a half percent rostered in ESPN leagues yeah. just because of the number of times that he, uh, he could have played that it was looking like maybe, maybe he's played. He was practicing through week yeah. 12 and he just hasn't, uh, hasn't, hasn't been able to play. However, there is one player that oh was even gosh. more disappointing this season, and I know you owned a lot of him this year, so why don't you tell uh, us about the winner of the Least Valuable Player Award? Yeah, the most frustrating guy for me, because uh, I owned him in about three or four leagues, um, and he actually won me a championship in, in – he's actually won me a championship in two different leagues over the last two years. Michael Thomas, man, he – his season was so frustrating. Injury, no injury, 
getting into like like fights with teammates this season like it it was so painful to watch mm-hmm. and i'm and and i and i and i alluded to this earlier that i i traded Devonte adams away in a league at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season yeah. i traded him away for michael thomas mm-hmm. and man alive does that now hurt um because yeah. michael thomas just i mean he's he's gonna finish wide receiver number 88 on the season Mm-hmm. Only in the seven games that he did play, only averaged about twelve points a game. I mean, didn't own it. Oh, I could go on and on about Michael Thomas, uh-huh. and and hopefully this is just a one-off season for him, um, and that he could come back next year and be the wide receiver that we all expect. But oh yeah. my gosh, was it? It was. It was a similar situation to Kenny Galladay where you'd get a practice report that he was practicing and everything looked fine. And then like Saturday night, Sunday morning, you'd get the notification of, Oh, Michael Thomas is going to be out. Like that's how it was all season. And it, and you can only play the waiting game for so long on a player like Mm -hmm. that before you have to make a drastic measure to try and salvage your fantasy season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he, I mean, consensus number one wide receiver going into this year with reason. And uh, he, I drafted him as high as, as five in one league, the one league yep. that I was able to get him in, I had the number five pick and, and I took Michael Thomas without hesitation in yep. that league. And it's just, it was just disappointing. He, he couldn't stay on the field. And even when healthy, like you mentioned earlier, got in a fight with a teammate in practice and got benched. Yeah. Uh, only averaging 12 points a game. That was just disappointing. So least valuable player of the fantasy season, according to us, Michael Thomas. So this next award is award where there's really only one player for consideration as we were right. going through other names, just no one else was even close. And this is an award that we're going to call the who's that award. And mm-hmm. this goes to a player that coming into the season was not on fantasy radars. Really? I mean, he was yeah. on there as a backup. He, he was getting drafted yeah. very, very late. And it's not like no one knew who he was, but he was not in the conversation as as a sleeper for a rock star player at his position and that well, yeah, player because, because coming into the season he was just going to be like a backup like he backup. was going to be a handcuff like mm-hmm. coming into the season it wasn't yep. until you got the team that he's on made some interesting moves and who they cut that he really was able to like step into a position and really run with it yep and that player is James Robinson he went from zero to hero on this in this fantasy football season he he finished this well we'll see what happens this weekend but right now he's currently sitting as the number four running back in fantasy yep. after not being on radars going into the season I remember seeing yep. in in a couple leagues earlier in the season people trading for James Robinson and I was just thinking as I watched that like are you sure like I'm talking early early mm-hmm. early weeks in the season like after his yeah. first big game going really like are you sure do we really know the job is his like ah like i, I don't know if i'd feel good about giving up a good player for for james robinson but man he yeah. he just finished really strong averaging over 17 fantasy points a game finishes the number 4 mm-hmm. wide receiver or number 4 running back in fantasy <sighs> and and just had an awesome year coming out of obscurity if james yeah. robinson is on your team you probably got him on waivers, not in the draft, unless you're in a very deep league. Mm-hmm. And even and even to those people, like you probably ended up in a better position with James Robinson on your team than you would have had you kept with whatever running backs you were running with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have one more award to give out on this end of season award show, and this is what we're going to call the Hype Train Award. Mm-hmm. So the Hype Train Award goes to a player who is either a rookie or other young player in the league who had a breakout year this year. And we are, we are hopping on the hype train to see what they can do in the future. We don't think this season was a fluke. We think that these are going to be fantasy studs going forward. And they they didn't quite perform well enough to be in consideration for one of these other awards, but all three of these guys really specifically two out of three of these guys were close to consideration mm-hmm. in some of these other positions yeah. and and we're riding the hype train after their breakout season uh the first guy that we're going to talk about is calvin ridley 
Okay. Yeah, you. Well, I'll let you take this because you and I were both in the same boat with him in that we we didn't fully trust the talent that was there. We wanted to see him do it this season, and 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 see him do it consistently. And at times there were points where he kind of faded, but there were other times where he stepped in and really ran with it. So yeah, I think I think I love Calvin Ridley's talent. What I really didn't trust is the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, and their team was in in such shambles that I, oh I didn't really like it. He started off so hot and then kind of fell off. Uh, I was really concerned. Week four at Green Bay, he played a full game and put up zero points. Yeah, and. Things like that concern me when you see that in a player. But since then, he only had one single-digit game. He, he finished the season going into Week 17. He's sitting at at wide receiver five. We'll see yeah. how he finishes, but he's, you know, in all likelihood, outside of absolute insanity happening mm-hmm. Week 17, he's going to finish as a top-10 wide receiver, a true wide receiver one. Yep. And with Julio Jones getting older i think this offense is in terms of the wide receiving core i think it's calvin ridley's now and I, yeah. I think we saw that start to emerge where earlier in the season it was really dependent on what julio jones was doing and the, the whole offense was just so weird yeah going into the first few weeks of the season coming out of dan quinn being fired it it, it shifted and we've really gotten to see calvin ridley establish himself going into next season I think Ridley is going to be ranked higher than Julio Jones. And yeah. I, I think, think so. that's the right call. If he's not, he, I'll, I'm going to have him ranked higher going into next season. Yeah. If he's not, I think that's going to be absolute insanity. And especially coming into this year, he was, he was wide receiver 16 and he's finishing as wide receiver five yeah. um, ahead of guys that were drafted in front of him. Like, like Juju Smith, Schuster, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, especially Michael Thomas. Even even Chris Godwin, Mike Evans are were, were drafted yeah. significantly ahead of him, and I'd rather have Calvin Ridley than those guys. Yep. So good on Calvin Ridley. We are riding the hype train on him. Give us one more consideration before we crown our champion. Yeah, another consideration. Um, you and I both liked the minute he took over um, the starting job for the Chargers, Justin Herbert. Um, I mean, ended up. He's he's up to 28 passing touchdowns, securing the all-time rookie record. Yep. Um, he's going to finish probably top 10 in quarterbacks this season for a guy who took over in week two. Wasn't even the starter. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even the starter for the season. Wasn't mm-hmm. expected to be the starter for the season. Um, and is going to end up probably being a top 10 quarterback this season um, with him. Um, he's a guy that you and I both like to be able to support one or two top 20 wide receivers um, going mm-hmm. forward. I mean, you saw it this season, Keenan Allen is probably going to finish right in that kind of range. Um, and yeah. the production was there. All wide receiver one. Yeah. The production was there all season. Um, and he's a guy that with the arm really gives the rushing game to a, a really good chance. I mean, you saw it with Austin Eckler, saw it with Kalen Bellage. Those guys were able to really have good career seasons, um, especially with Eckler having signed the big offseason contract that he did. Um, so Justin Herbert is a guy that I think with a good offensive coordinator and with a good with a good head coach um, could really see a ton of value next year and a guy that going forward could be a huge – like that that job this offseason, whether or not Anthony Lynn keeps his, his job, like keeps the head coaching position at the end of the season, is going to be one of the most enticing positions because of – Justin Herbert's success in his first season and the offensive weapons that they have locked up. Yeah. And Justin Herbert being the quarterback in this draft class that everyone was the most unsure about, I think he's really come out and established himself as, as a real contender. And it's, it's really, really, really going to be impressive to see what he does going forward. He yeah. obviously had had some games this season where he looked like a rookie. Thinking of Week 13 against New England when he threw completed. Well, I mean, that's, half of his that's passes. every time. Yeah, that's every time. That's every rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 100 <laughs> percent true. They just knew how to fluster him. Uh, made made some some bad throws at points in the season, but you look at the the breadth of his work so yeah. far this season, and he looked like an NFL quarterback. And, and it was really impressive. And you can see that he can drive down the field and win a game. 
Yeah. And that's what you that's what you like to see from a front office perspective. If this guy is your franchise quarterback, can you give him the ball in a two minute drill and can he win you the game? Yep. And I think Justin Herbert is the guy that can do that in his career. So this you're you're right. We'll see what happens with the Chargers coaching staff. I know there's a lot of front office speak about how they they still really like Anthony Lynn. So we'll yeah. we'll see if they stand by that in the offseason. I will not be surprised if we see a new head coach in nope. Los Angeles next year, but we'll have to see what happens in the offseason regardless of who is there. Justin Herbert yeah. will will be a, a, at least up for consideration next year as a as a higher end quarterback coming off the board but the winner of the hype train award and i think who is in uh in the conversation for for rookie of the year there's obviously a few rookies that have had really standout years but for me it it's got to be justin jefferson oh yeah without a doubt yeah he i heard a great stat the other day where he has over a third of the entirety of the receiving yards for the Minnesota Vikings. They've gone to Justin Jefferson, 79 receptions, 1,267 yards. He's averaging 16 yards a catch, 16 yards a catch for seven touchdowns on 113 targets. Uh, He's currently sitting at wide receiver eight, averaging about (laughs) 17 fantasy points a game. It it I, I was really high on Adam Thielen coming into the season, and I'm really still yeah. a big fan of Adam Thielen. I, I do think that this offense will be able to support two wide receivers going yep. in next season, but seeing Justin Jefferson step up the way that he has this season, he is from an NFL standpoint, I think is is firmly in the conversation for rookie of the year with Justin oh, yeah. Herbert and, and Joe Burrow. But it I think it, I think it's got to be Justin Herbert or or Justin or Jefferson. And yep. I think from a fantasy standpoint going forward, Jefferson should be drafted as a top 10 wide receiver next year. Yeah. Considering, you know, whatever offseason moves happen, I reserve the right to change that. But sitting here in this <laughs> moment, sitting here in this moment, all things considered that we know right now. I'm yeah. I'm probably going to have him ranked somewhere in that in the 6 to 9 range at wide receiver going into next mm. season. Yeah. I yeah. And I mean in 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 what's what's nice about that offense is that with Justin Jefferson's emergence as a as a top as a top tier wide receiver, Adam Thielen ends up actually getting more value because it's going to force defenses to have to look at both of them instead of just blanketing him with all the coverage. Yeah. And the, the Vikings offense has been able to support two wide receivers for a number of years now with Stefan Diggs yeah. and Adam Thielen being there. I see no reason that that's going to change anytime soon. Nope. And Justin Jefferson is, I think going to be the Minnesota Vikings receiver that you want going forward. He's just got that athleticism. It's crazy to me that he went as late as he did in the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of teams that took other wide receivers over him are are feeling a little silly. Yeah. Well, that is what we have for you on the show today. This is not our last episode of the season. We're going to be back next week with some guests on the show, talking through some experiences from this last fantasy football season. Looking forward to some early thoughts on next year's fantasy football season if you are still in a championship then we hope you are are in it i hope you started alvin Kamara and or Devonte adams or stefan dig <laughs> uh, if you did all three of those things then you're probably not concerned Oof. about what happens this coming no, weekend because you've already absolutely won absolutely not but it's been a great season riding with you grant any closing thoughts on uh, on the year before we we close this episode out you know, I'll I'll just go back to it like I made I had my rant there at the midseason. Like hopefully we get to next season and we don't have to deal with good teams playing down to bad teams uh next season. I know. But That's hopefully it comes at hopefully it comes at less of a pace than it did this season. Yeah. Um because it 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 really put a damper on I think a lot of people's like playoff chances this season mm-hmm. um because of weeks where uh, they weeks where guys should have sh- you you expected to have big games and they never showed mm-hmm. up um, totally. against bad teams and 
you know what? The best thing too about the NFL is the Browns. The Browns are always going to be the same old Browns. You can yep. always Browns trust Brown. the Browns to mess it up one yep. way or another. Yep. <laughs> and same thing with the Jets. The Jets are, are yep. always going to be entertaining. <laughs> and we can look forward to that next year. The way the way that the Jets single handedly managed to win lose by winning the number one pick uh was hilarious to watch uh-huh. yeah no i i have a strong theory that the jets are actually the best team in football but <laughs> they they really wanted trevor lawrence um uh, and then the players decided two weeks ago that they <laughs> wanted to win a football game and ruined it for the front office so now they're they're gonna obviously win their next like 23 games yep and yep. Uh, i think they're, the, they're probably adam gase is probably better than bill belichick which and, uh-huh so here here we are the the dynasty of the jets is about to begin <laughs> jets fans well, hate you saying that i know i know they do but they hate everything well it's been a great season and i want to give a shout out to everyone who uh, has participated in making fantasy football fun this year. Everyone in the NFL that that was able to wade through the changing COVID protocols and actually get through these games. As as many issues as I have with the NFL front office right now, uh, just in general with Roger Goodell and everybody else, I think the way they handled this season um, was was probably really difficult and we got a full football season out of it so props to them uh, for for giving us a season where we get to enjoy playing fake football in (laughs) in a really crazy year so we express our gratitude to everyone who helped make that happen and at the same time are excited to look forward to next year and what's going to happen we'll be back next week with a fun special episode where we're just going to talk about fantasy football and, and some of the some of the experiences that some people got to have this year with some friends of ours. Um, If you're listening and you want to be on the show next week, shoot us an email and uh, we'll slot you into a time slot if available. And we're just excited going forward. Thanks for listening this season and getting it through with us. And Grant, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. See you guys next week. See you in the new year, everybody. Yep. Yep.